Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Rooted Deep, a podcast featuring Reba Bowman and Allison Hale. Welcome to Rooted Deep. We are so glad that you're here today, and Allison and I are excited to continue our study in 1 John. Allison, this has kind of been fun. Uh, yeah, it has been. Like I said before, this was one of the first Bibles, this is one of the first uh, books of the Bible that I really just studied over and over yeah. again, read over and over again. And so when you, it's interesting that when you read 1 John, um, if, you've, if you've read it a little bit, you can find connections throughout Scripture cross references, you know, yeah. themes that, that, that run through first John that are also in other chapters. So it's a good place to be. No, absolutely. And you know, I, you get the impression when you read this book that John really listened to what Jesus had to say, you know, uh, because he is so connecting, uh, to the thoughts that Jesus, uh, taught or, and like you said, you can run all these references back to some moment you know, um, where Jesus is sitting with his disciples or he's teaching the people or he's talking to this person or he's talking to that one. And so it's kind of cool when you look at it because John is, John is not just a hearer of the word, but obviously he's demonstrating himself to be a doer of the word as he, as he now is saying, okay, look, this is what I learned from Jesus. Now I'm going to share this with you guys and you guys need to continue to live in this, this type of, uh, obedience. Right. And so when, when he's coming to this part, like you said, he's, he's saying, okay, this is all a lot of the knowledge that I've gathered and we're yeah. going to put it all together. And then we're going to not only tell you what it is, but then tell you how, you know, you don't have it right. and how <laughs> tell you also how to get it. And then also yeah. check back and make sure. And so he gives you these, like we've talked about in the first mm-hmm. three chapters, he give you, here's what it looks like. Here's how to check if you have it. And yep. so we're going to continue mm-hmm. that here in, um, here in chapter, in chapter four. Yeah. And, and which you know, I, yeah. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, I think chapter four, a lot of people are, um, cause I was like, Oh, chapter four will be easy. It's all about love. Chapter four is going to be so much easier than da, 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 da. And then when you get into it, that's, it's a hard chapter to read. There's just so much, uh, there's so much in it. Oh yeah. And, and I think so much practical stuff in it too. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. um, John has, has been repeating a phrase, um, that this is why he's writing the book, you know, uh, and we talked about chapter one. He said, I'm writing it so that your joy would be complete. And chapter two, he said, I'm writing it so that you won't sin, you know, yeah. and um, and I'm also writing it so that you would know God and you would overcome yeah. the struggles that you have. Um, but when we get down to, you know, we get down to here. Now, John is like, look, um, I want you to I want you to be able to take a test. Uh, mm-hmm. I want you to know how to test. And to be able to know that you're saved, that you're walking in the spirit, that people you meet are walking in the spirit. And I want you to know how to deal with that situation. And I think this is so practical because um, we deal with people every day in the Christian world and in the non-Christian world. And I think sometimes the question is, what is our responsibility in this world? Or what is Mm -hmm. our, what is, what is our love what is our love supposed to be to these people? Yeah. You know, it's easy to say, yeah. well, just we're supposed to love. But what does yeah. that look like? Yeah, what does it look like? And I think also understanding who who we're dealing with. Now, obviously, we're supposed to love everyone. Right. And as, you know, as Christ followers. And I think sometimes we as a society, especially in the Christian community, we get excited when um, maybe a famous person 
thanks God when they get an Academy Award or right. a famous person, um, a famous right. athlete, thanks God at the end of a touchdown. And, you know, or, and we get excited. We're like, oh good, they're a Christian. And it's like, well, you know, um, let's, let's go a little bit deeper. Yeah, the, right. than that. Right. Just because just, they point to the sky after a touchdown does not mean they know <laughs> Jesus, right? And, you know, and I want to know who's pointing to the sky after a fumble or he throw an interception. Is he going to point to the sky then? But that's a yeah. whole nother podcast that we're going to be talking about. Yeah. Um, but I think sometimes we, we get so excited about, okay, there's maybe more of this out there and maybe it's part of it. They're like, oh, there's more Christians out there than we thought. And, you know, and, or this, this, we finally have a famous person representing us. And that's, I think we get, we get yeah. confused during the award season and during championship season, because what John is telling us is, don't believe everybody. Don't believe your. Don't don't. You've got to try every spirit and believe not every spirit. You know, and and here's how you do that. Yeah, exactly right. And, and I think this is so. As we as we dive into this, you know, we're kind yeah. of edging right into it. But as we as we dive into it, you're exactly right. In the very first verse of John chapter first John chapter four, he says, "Don't believe every spirit, but instead yeah. test the spirits to see whether they are from God." Because, okay, because why? Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. So John just lays out the fact that there are people out there who are maybe pretending to be yeah. of God. Mm -hmm. They're pretending to be, um, you know, a follower maybe, but in all actuality, they're false. They are, uh, in another passage, it says they're wolves in sheep's clothing. They're, mm -hmm. they're not real. Yeah. Um, and he said, so John's like, I want you to be able to identify the real from mm -hmm. the fake. Right. Yeah. And that's discernment, right? Yeah. Yes, that is discernment. And sometimes it's, sometimes it's, it's easier than other times. And, and Sometimes you're like, okay, this guy is trying to use a phrase, a Christian phrase, but he's not quite getting it. I saw there was a, you know how the, there's memes today that say, you know, tell us you, you grew up in church without saying you grew up in church. And there's sure. people, you can speak the language, you know, and right. there's, and so sometimes I, I remember one time we were meeting with somebody and I knew that they were trying to sound Christian. Um, right. but I was like, well, he's just stumbling over the words. He doesn't know what he's, you know, he doesn't know what he's right. talking about or whatever. And again, it's not because I was like looking for a reason to reject. I was just knowing, okay, here's how I discern who I'm dealing with and what platform we're going to be dealing from. Is this a brother in Christ or is yeah. this somebody that's not in the family, but I can still share love with? Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And you know, we, we've, we, as we come in and out of with uh, different seasons, I, I think of political seasons, just because mm -hmm. that's the time people are trying to win votes. Yeah. Um, all of a sudden, you have a politician who's trying to quote scripture while he's in the mm -hmm. South, or while she's in the South, or they're yeah. trying to to sound somehow mm -hmm. sound spiritual. So because I live in the South, we get a lot of this, you know, we get a lot of this on our news stations or wherever. And it's like, okay, wait a minute, you know, just being able to to throw the word God out there or to be able to throw out a passage of scripture um, or to be able to somehow stand beside or with someone who yeah. is a non-believer, mm -hmm. that is Proximity. not, that's not the seal of approval. Okay. Right. Yeah. And so what John is going to say, and I love this about the, this chap, this, this chapter specifically, but the book as a whole, because he doesn't leave us in limbo mm -hmm. by just saying, you know, you need to, 
do you figure this out? And I'm not telling you how, because in the very next verse, verse two, he says, by this, you're going to know. Okay. And he gives us this very first level, this introductory level of first test that we'll lay down. And that first test is that they confess Jesus Christ is, has come in the flesh and is from God. So basically what we understand is they confess that Jesus Christ is the son of God and that he came on to this earth to die for our sins and went to the cross and paid our penalty. So I'm like, okay, if that's the litmus, if that's the place we start, then all of a sudden mm-hmm. we, we can really train wreck. Cause you know, people can get, Oh yeah, I'm really excited. Um, in fact, I was in, um, I was in a different areas of Southeast Asia meeting different people who were from the Hindu religion and mm-hmm. they were very happy to add Jesus as a God. As a, yeah. Right. Right. He could be yeah. one of thousands, mm-hmm. but it was not okay to say he was the only the God. Only. Right. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And I think that that is so true. Even of so many people in forget going to Southeast Asia, that's true yeah. in Tennessee or wherever. A lot of people are are okay to say, "Hey, you know, yeah, Jesus, he's cool." Yeah. Um, but, but was he right? Going as far as to say, and that's a foundational thing. Going right. so far as to say, I was a sinner, and Christ died on the cross to save me from my sins. You know, and that that really separates it. It just separates the sons from the not sons. Um, Absolutely. To put it, so to many put it of our, yeah. Right, and so many of our cults. Mm-hmm. are they will accept the fact that jesus existed yeah and that he was a one yeah. of the sons of mm-hmm. god he yeah. was and some will say well he was one but he's not as good as this one mm-hmm. uh you know um yeah. and and again john says that's a right reference there. to you're yeah. you ought to go whoa, whoa, whoa wait a minute mm-hmm. that that means that person is false Right. Yeah. And that means that I think going back to why it's so important to try and be discerning and, and to try the spirits or be discerning, um, especially if we're in a position where we have to protect, number one, obviously protect the name of Christ with our own testimony. But then there are other younger believers because he's talking to us as the, you know, yeah. as the, the, the believers, the sons of God. But there are other young believers that we need to protect from because they can, they can get confused. They can, oh, well, he Absolutely. said, you know. He said his daddy was in heaven driving a truck, drinking a beer. He must be a Christian, you know, right. or, and then they, right. get, and so you were like, well, and it's a teaching moment, but it's also, I feel like a protection. And we've, we've walked through this with our church. Somebody's coming in saying the word of God or, or speaking the word of God, but down in the foundation there, Christ is not there. There yeah. Christ is not their foundation. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I think it's such important as we study this. And that's why we're encouraging you. If you're listening today, we're encouraging you to be reading this, the reading first John through. If you can read it through once a, a day or once a week or, or whatever, just keep reading this thing mm-hmm. through over and over again as right, we right. walk through here to kind of let this just kind of sit in your hearts. But verse three is a powerful mm-hmm. verse that just builds off of this. He says, every spirit that doesn't confess Jesus is not from God. So there's this thing. Okay, wait a minute. If they don't confess, and this is a key word, confess. If they don't admit, if they don't admit they're a sinner, if they don't confess that Jesus is the only way to salvation, right? Yeah. He's just kind of said that. If they don't do that, 
then they're the spirit of the antichrist. Mm. Okay. And he's like, and that spirit is already in the world. And obviously he's not talking about the antichrist, but Mm -hmm. the spirit of the antichrist. And so what he's saying is, look, this is John writing way back thousands Mm -hmm. of years ago. And he's like, look, the spirit of the antichrist offering a a different way than Uh other than Jesus. Um, that's already here. Yeah. And so I think for us as believers, we should not be foolish or deceived or believing that, Hey, everybody's good. Yeah. Everybody's okay. And everybody's okay. And, and we don't like absolutes. And I think that's where we are right now. And that's where we've been, um, specifically throughout our ministry, you know, you have people come on board or you have people want to join in, but they're so afraid to say this, like you said, to confess Jesus as the only way and that, that absolute only way of salvation, because it, it, it scares them to, to, to be so absolute, but that's where Christ is like, no, I'm, I'm it. I'm the only way. Now I have opened a, I have opened the door. Everybody can come through, but I am the only door. And I think yeah. in that, in today's society, that's rejecting absolute, you know, the, the absolute oh, yeah. truth of the word that, that verse three right there is key. Oh yeah. And you know, in the cancel culture that we live in, that's Mm -hmm. so not cool to say that because it's like, Oh no, 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 that's not fair to everybody else who believes everything else. But this is not a matter of being fair, you know? And I think you just pointed it out. If there's a truth, it it doesn't matter what you believe. The truth is the truth. Yeah. You know, I mean, you don't have one. I don't have one. No. I mean, if the, you know, if I'm driving down the highway and a guy's standing there waving his arms going, Hey, stop, there's a bridge out right back, just right beyond this, the bridge is Mm -hmm. out. And if you keep driving, you're going off. And I say, I don't think that's true. That's not true for me. Yeah. You know, and I get in my car and I keep driving. Okay. Guess what? It doesn't matter what I believe is true or not. The, if the bridge is out, the bridge is out. And, 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 and I think so many times we just want to say, well, somehow it's like, okay, well, if if that's, if that's not cool and you want to keep driving, you go ahead, somehow Mm -hmm. it'll magically appear for you. Uh, and it won't, it really won't. And, um, yeah, in the world we live in, the spirit of the antichrist is so true because one of his weapons is to say, Mm -hmm. It's not cool to cancel everybody else's version out yeah. and say yours is the only one. But the fact is, we didn't say it's the only one. Jesus yeah, said it was Jesus the only one. God said it was the only one. And he's the only way. But, and, and pausing right there, and people need to understand, Jesus said he was the only way. He didn't say that as a rejection. He said that as an invitation. He is, he is identifying himself and inviting people. He's not rejecting saying, boom, no, you, no, you. He is, it is an invitation. And so a lot of people don't like, they don't, they're looking at it in the wrong context because they're saying, he's saying he's the only way. I'm like, yes, he is. He's telling you, he's giving you the secret to the kingdom and it's an invitation. And the, the society is looking at it as a rejection and they, and they hate that. And that's where, and that's when we go through down into the chapter, that's where we have kind of the answer to that. So I don't oh, no, absolutely. Because there is a, not, <laughs> no, that further. was so, no, that was really good because I think you're exactly right. It is an invitation to do what, to confess our inabilities right. and to trust his supernatural ability yes. um uh, not only to take us uh in our eternal destiny to heaven but also to get us through this world and yeah. and i think that's jo- what john is going to map out here because right. now he goes through this series of if if you're a follower of christ then 
then you are from God. Okay. So mm-hmm. God lives in you. The spirit of God's in you, which he's, he's talked about. Okay. The spirit yeah. of God. And he's like, the spirit of God's living in you. And so you're not the same person you were before and, and, or at least you shouldn't be. And the joy about that is that there is an overcomer's ability through Christ. And so I think what you just said is so huge because the only way we're going to get through this world with any measure of success, true success, okay? And we talk about this all the time on this podcast because Rooted Deep talks about the fact that we we're looking to have a successful life, but what Mm -hmm. is, what, what does that mean? And the only way that's possible is if we are, if God is in us and working through us. Um, and John just kind of lays that out and he says, Hey, here's the thing. He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So don't get overwhelmed by, Oh, wow, man, this is just sad. There's so much out there and I could so much to be deceived about. Wait a minute. What the focus should be is not what's out there, but what's in you. Right. Exactly. And where, and how it's working. And I love that phrase. Um, you are from God and have overcome, I, you yeah. have overcome them and the power. And it just reminds me again, so many times first John, it's, it's all over the place. Um, it reminds me of, um, when Christ was telling his disciples during the Ascension, all power is given to me under um, you know, under heaven, um, in heaven and earth. And lo, I am with you always. And so that power, again, is in you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And so, like you said, it's not... It's not, um, it's not something to be feared, all of this, all of this external knowledge and going back to that abiding, let his words abiding new and, and, and going back to that, that, um, personal relationship with, with the God that is already in you. Oh, absolutely. And, and John's going to go on to say mm-hmm. that because of the spirit of God that lives within us. Yeah. Okay. Um, if, if, as we go through, look at verse six, he says, we're from mm-hmm. God and he who knows God listens to us. Yeah. Okay. But mm-hmm. there's a contrast there who is not from God does not listen to us. And by this, we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of, yeah, error. The spirit of error. Yeah. So there's, again, there's this, this discernment, what is truth mm-hmm. and what is error and right. And I, and Ali, I think you hit on it, you know, earlier as we're stepping into this, and that is we live in a world that doesn't like absolutes. We don't want to mm-hmm. say it, it's my truth. We got people yeah. walking around going, well, this is just my truth. Mm-hmm. Well, no, wait a minute. It's not your truth or my truth or this. It, there is the truth, you know, and that's what John is speaking of. And that's what we've got to zoom in on. And then we lay that, we lay that test, say, okay, if this is what is truth, then that immediately lets me know that anything different is error. Yeah. And, and we, we talk about this to the, to the, to our women every day because they are constantly bombarded with, um, attacks, you know, attacks from Satan attacks from their own sure. personal thoughts, their, their memories, um, and attacks from the outside world. And we're like, no, you have to go through, um, and, and, and filter it back through the truth of what God has done in your life. The truth of what God is doing in your life. Yeah. Look at some of some of what you have done doesn't fit that truth. So you need to get rid of that and, and, and get it down because that is, that is the filter. That is what um, like you said, you have to understand and discern the spirit of truth 
from everything else. And there's a lot of everything else, but at the same time, this, and, and so many times when we speak in absolutes, I'm gonna say it again, when we speak in absolutes, people get scared or people get nervous. But again, it's this is an invitation to say, you have the spirit of truth and oh, yeah. there's safety in truth. There's love in truth. There mm-hmm. is, you know, there's there's forgiveness um, in, in truth. And, and so don't run away from it and look for a bun- a, a, another, don't look for another truth. Oh, no, because there is no other, you know, we're going to see in this passage is John's going to go on and he begins to define what God's love looks like and how we love our others in Christ as, as God loved us. And what we understand is, and this is what's so beautiful, is that the love of, that God had for us caused him to, to establish truth. Why? Why? So we wouldn't be deceived by the faults. Right. So we wouldn't be we wouldn't be hurt by by a, a something that was representative faults. It's like, hey, you know, uh, when I was a kid, I'll never forget this because it was kind of I was in my teenage years. Uh, the big fad word was psych. Okay, mm-hmm. so you'd stick your hand out <laughs> to shake hands with somebody. I don't know if you remember this, Allie, but you'd yes. stick your hand to shake hands with somebody, and they'd pop their hand out, and then you'd pull your hand back really quick and you go psych okay you know and it was like you thought you were so cool when you did that yeah. but right but it's you know it, but there's nothing more frustrating than being tricked yes than being fooled mm-hmm. um and you know um and, and in fact there's nothing can sometimes be more heartbreaking and more mm-hmm. you just feel so foolish and you feel so stupid that you were and tricked safe. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, somehow you've been in, you know, uh, and I think all of us, you know, with all mm-hmm. the internet scams that are out there with all of the, the different things, probably at some point we've, you know, we've, we've been going down a phone call and realized yeah. about halfway through, no, this is not yeah. really the electric right. company or whatever, you know? Um, yes, yeah. and it's like some, at some point we've all been fooled by a person scammed mm-hmm. by a situation or, or, or we've been tricked into buying yeah. something that wasn't at all what it was claimed to be, you know? Right. Um, and those are just the simple things. Yes. Yeah. That has nothing to do with our eternal, our eternal no. security, but it no. does. And again, that's why, that's why we're, that's why I, I want to say it again. There's safety in the truth because yes. it's a, it, that is the only firm foundation. And that is the only, that is the only, like you said, it's the only, um, security that we have because everything else is just the shifting sand of what society is, what's popular, the shifting sands of what, you know, okay, this is good. Okay. Now it's not good because we've all, we're living through it right now. And, um, and people have been affected by, um, you know, misinformation or, or whatever it is, but saying the truth is that the truth is not a rejection. The truth is a safe foundation Mm. that you can stand on and you know, it's not going to move. Absolutely, um, and it just it just always reminds me of uh, uh is it Lucy and Charlie Brown who she always is oh pulled the football out from him yeah yeah what a great illustration time. Yeah. you're like whatever Charlie Brown you're such an idiot but I feel like that right. sometimes we we might do the same thing when we try to when we try to add things yeah. to the Word of God because we're like no this is what's really going to make me happy I have the Word of God but I really am getting distracted by all of the all of these voices out here. Yeah. And, you know, so many times, uh, you know, in counseling, we, you walk through some things with, with women and you realize that they were trying to have both. Mm, yeah. They so wanted what they wanted. 
right? Yeah. In our selfishness. And they, they somehow had convinced themselves that maybe God really wasn't loving when he created that guideline. Maybe he really right. wasn't loving when he said, thou shalt not, or what thou shalt, you know, and, and, and when we take, when we say God might not be able to be trusted, he might not be loving, he might not have my best interest in mind, then every, right. every principle, every precept of scripture then becomes questionable. But uh-huh. when we look at it through the lens of this is a God whose love for me is so unconditional that he goes to Calvary and that he pays my price. And then he creates guidelines for living, not because he hates me and he wants to ruin my life. That's right. the response of the immature believer. But when in maturity, mm-hmm. I realize a God who loves me enough to die for me and loves me enough to do what he did for me is not, is not a God who just wants to ruin my life. He's a God who's going yeah. to try to create safety in yes. my life as a good mm-hmm. parent would create safety for their child, whether it be covers right. over the electric plate or whether it be putting the knives away or whether it be putting something that would be uh, harmful to that child out of their reach. Mm-hmm. Jesus says, yeah. look, I'm going to create these boundaries for you, these mm-hmm. guidelines for you, um, just like you do your own children to make right. sure that you don't find yourself in harm's way. And mm-hmm. I think as we read, and, and as we use this in the practical, we realize that God's truth and his love for us works and manifests itself in our lives in something we ought to embrace. Right. And yeah. something that that we, even in our selfishness, we ought to say, mm-hmm. I don't understand it. I don't like it. I wish it wasn't yeah. this way. But yeah. I right. trust that God knows best for my life. And so I'm mm-hmm. going to follow his truth his ways and i'm not going to be right. deceived by what feels good by right. what yeah. i want or what i just really wish wasn't in the bible <laughs> you know <laughs> i know right why did you write that and yeah. it just it's that is that is exactly how the serpent convinced the woman yeah. i mean it's the same trick it yeah. is this, it is this it's the first trick it's the same trick ever performed on a human being and it's just like god he just didn't, you know, he, yeah, he just really didn't want this? you to be like him. Yeah. He didn't really yeah. say that or he didn't really mean it yeah. or he said it because he doesn't want, he doesn't really truly love you. Yeah. Um, and then, then all of a sudden the apple or the mango or whatever it is looks so delicious because God, the, the mango is more delicious than what God's love um, was going to satisfy. And, and once we, you know, once we get our eyes off and, and question God's motives, then, like you said, everything else is shifting sand, and and that's not where you want to be. No, and and John says this is why, and ultimately, as we look through this passage, as yeah. we're getting ready to move on here, but this is why many times we get deceived by yeah. other people who claim to be believers because we have such a loose, um, we have such a loose concept of truth. Uh-huh. And we yes. give on so many things, you know, we don't want to, uh, you know, we don't want to make anybody do anything they don't want to do. We don't want to say, we, yeah. sure, we're not going to say they're not a believer. Good night. That would be harsh. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe they're just backslid. Maybe they're just, you know, maybe right. they're just, uh, maybe they just left God 20 years ago and haven't talked about him since, you know, and we want to give people so much that a lot of times we do get deceived as a result of not saying, yeah. okay, wait a minute. What does God's word say? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Where is my foundation? Yeah. Yeah. Because here's where John jumps into. And he says, here's the thing. God wants to put his love in us 
through the spirit of God that he's placed in our hearts as a result of salvation. And as a result of that, we can love one another in a way that's supernatural. And that supernatural love that flows out of, from God, out of me and to the people that I know is, is, is something that cannot be manufactured in any other way. So therefore that's what really impacts a lost world. That's what binds hearts together as believers. And that's really what guides us through and enables us to have this Christ life. Mm -hmm. And it's, and it's that sacrificial, like you said, it's not a love that comes from me. So it's not based on how I feel or whether I like this person or not. It's a love that comes supernaturally straight from God so that when we do share a message or share his love or share, it's not about us. We've taken us out of the equation. And, and so it's not, we're not fearful because we love this person so much because we want them to know what the truth is. We're not afraid of our own image. We're not afraid of our own because we're, we're worried about Christ's image. And I right. think that's where a lot of us, me included, get a little nervous, you know, with that, with no. that, with showing that type of sacrificial godly love to oh, yeah. where I'm going to confront in love, um, the, the truth. And I, and I think that's where a lot of us maybe get, maybe kind of shy away and just like, Oh, they're probably fine. You know? Yeah. And I, and I think that the joy of just a true, a a true deep relationship with people there, you know, a lot of us don't feel that that's possible, you know, uh, because we've been hurt so many times by so many people who claim to be Christians, who claim, who are right in the heart of the church, you know, from pastors to deacons to, you know, whoever. Um, And I think where John says, he says, you know, we've come to know this is verse 16. He says, we've come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love, and the one who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in us. And by this, love is perfected in us. So it's like, okay, John's like, look, here's the thing. I can't control what other people do. So, but what can I control is what I do. So John says, if you want this kind of supernatural love, you've got to abide in Christ. And when you abide in him, you will be kind of saturated, soaked up in Mm -hmm. his love. It's this idea that, you know, I'm like a sponge. As I abide in God, I I receive all the goodness of God fills up my life like water fills a sponge. And then what happens when I'm squeezed? Mm -hmm. That's what's coming out. That's what comes out of me is what Mm -hmm. I've been soaking in and what I've been saturating in. And so what I abide in what I soak in, saturate in, that's what's going to come out of me when I'm squeezed. And so I think, you know, John, it's clear. John says, hey, abide in Christ. His love will come through you. And this is what I've told so many people through the years in counseling, and I think is so true. But will will I still get hurt? Could I still get hurt? Oh, sure. Good night. Yes, absolutely. But there is a difference between feeling the pain outside mm-hmm. of the love of God. And when yeah. I've got this abiding relationship in Christ, because what I find is this, and I love this because it's so amazing to me and I wished I could live it more fully. God is enough. Yeah. And his love is so complete in me that even though it hurts to be hurt by humans, it, it, it uh-huh. does, it's painful. It may break my right. heart, but it doesn't destroy me. But- it doesn't destroy you and it doesn't change your perspective of who you are and who you are in him and who God is. 
And that's, and that, and I think that you, you hit it right there because a lot of times when we're, when we're rejected, we automatically think it, again, I must be a horrible person. I must not be worthy of anything. I must not be worthy, you know, and, and then you're broken. And like you said, you're destroyed. But when the hurt comes through that, that armor or of that abiding love that we already, that we've, we've, we've soaked in, then we can say, okay, this doesn't have anything to do with me. It, um, it, I'm, I'm still the same person. I still have the same value in God. And, um, and I can love somebody, I can still love, you know, in spite of, in spite right, of and that. I still feel loved. So I, it's uh-huh, not like, yeah, you know, it's not like all oh, suddenly now nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. I'm going to mm-hmm. go eat worms. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. well, wait a minute. I still feel very loved because I feel yeah. I'm abiding in God and I'm abiding in his love. So mm-hmm. there's never this moment where I feel like, Oh, I'm just unloved. I yeah. always have my love cup full because of my relationship mm-hmm. with God. And then if other people hurt me, it's almost like yeah. that was in addition to on top of their love mm-hmm. was an added bonus. Yeah. Yeah. And if their love goes away or if their love, you know, it's like, wait a minute. I, it's not like I don't have any love. It's not like I'm empty. You know, um, yeah. I'm still filled with the love of God. And I think that's why John goes on to say, there is no fear in love. That's why he can yeah. go on and he can go on and say some really strong statements in the very ending mm-hmm. of this chapter. Because why? Well, because, because we have, we've, we're filled with a love that can only come from God that is supernatural. And that enables us then just to continue to show love to those in Christ. And it is the mark Jesus said in John and now John repeats it in this, in his book. And he says, look, this is what Jesus taught that this would be the mark of a true follower of him is our ability to love others as God's loved us. Mm -hmm. And like you said, there, there is no fear in love, but perfect love or godly love casteth out fear. Um, And because fear, the fear has torment that phrase, I think over and over again, like, and you and I were talking about this even before the podcast. Um, so, so many times we're afraid that what, what happens is a reflection on us or as a reflection on, on how we've, how we've done things, but going back to who we are in Christ and going back to who God is. And maybe I think for a while, um, through infertility, I struggled with God must not love me enough to give me a baby. But it's that's not how God's love works. God's love doesn't. Oh, I love you more. I'm going to give you more. I I'm going to give you what you want. It's God's love. God loves me in spite of the fact that I don't. I mean, that's it has nothing to do. The fact that I don't have a baby has nothing to do with Christ. With with God's love, He loves me, um, and He has something for me, and I I need to trust His purpose. So for a while there, I remember there were months and years where I didn't really trust the love of God in my own life because I'm like He didn't give me everything I wanted, you know, and, but that's not, that's not what it's about. So sometimes we can even feel rejected from God, not just from, um, from a human. And, uh, you know, we've been rejected. We, all of us have had rejection, but some of us have, have, have also experienced this. Oh, I really feel like God let me down on this one, you know, and, um, that's not, that's not who God is. And that's not what his love looks like. Yeah. And I think that's part of John, you know, as we understand that, that maturing in Christ, um, although as we, I think, I don't think there's ever going to become a point where we don't wrestle with these issues in our own hearts. Yeah. Yeah. Truly. I don't, 
until Jesus yeah. comes and we're perfected in him, there's always that close. battle of soul, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I do think as we grow in him, we begin to understand the truths. Again, going back to the yeah. same, the truths that God gives us, even if we don't like them. Yeah. And even if we don't understand them, believing, okay, well, but God knows. In my situation right now, God knew that this, this moment, this situation, this, 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 whatever was going to be what was best for me. Right. Yeah. You know, and, Mm, and I think that's where we wrestle in soul is like, does God really know best? Does, Mm -hmm. is God really loving because he did that or this, or didn't do this or that or the other. And, you know, the more I think we abide in him and we understand who he is and his character and his love and his truth. And the more we experience that in our own lives, I think the easier it is for us to be able to, I mean, it's because it's per, you're a perfect Rest example of that, Ali. You know, you just, you just talked about infertility in a way of perspective, mm-hmm. but you described a moment in your journey when you yeah. didn't have that same perspective right you know yeah yeah. and so it's like okay there are moments when we don't have Mm. that perspective and we journey through and as we abide and we embrace truth and we just cling to it like okay we're gonna die if this is not right then all of a sudden we begin to go you know what wait a minute even Mm. though I don't understand why God chose this for my life I just know he knows best even if I don't, and I don't even have to like it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Exactly. And I think that's why it's so important to remember. This is why reading the Bible once in your life is not enough, you know, because this is why some we're, we're going over first John so much. And even before the podcast, we have to read it again. Why? I mean, have I read it before? Yes. Have I talked about it with this perspective before? Not no, I haven't, you know, right. and I think that's why, you know, that's why when we, when we understand, um, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, because sometimes mm-hmm. you're just like, I don't have the answers. The only thing I know to do is go back to some of these familiar passages so I can get reacquainted with the God that loves me so much and understand again, what his love looks like, because right now I have a skewed view and a confused view of what his love looks like. So I need to get back to those words. And like you said, go back to the truth. Yeah. And you know, and and that right there enables us to do things that are supernatural, miraculous, and we would not be able to do otherwise. And John in this passage says it enables us to love one another in a way that looks like Jesus, because otherwise I, I don't, you know, I might love you today and, 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 and be upset with you tomorrow. And the next week I haven't, I'm not talking to you anymore. Okay. Well, well, wait a minute. Right. That Wait a minute. Is that, that's not right. So it's, I don't have the ability to love you. You know, Allie, we, we've been friends a long time and we, mm-hmm. you know, and we've gone through crazy stuff together. And mm-hmm. so without a question, you are my friend and I love you, but I don't, I don't have the ability to love you like I should love you as a sister in yeah. Christ, mm-hmm. unless the love of God is abiding in me. And then now I can right. truly be your friend in a way that would, that would make a difference in your life and vice versa. And I think that applies to every relationship we have, whether it's friendship or marriage or parenting 
or just coworkers, whatever level you're at. We just don't have the ability to love people uh, in our own selfishness and in our own and in our own frustration, um, jealousies, all of that. So I really think that as we kind of sum up chapter four, John ends this chapter with, with a very strong word. And this is the commandment. Okay. So now John takes it out of optional. This is good for every Christian. You know, if you want to, this would be really nice for you to do. No, John removes it from that category. And he says, and this commandment, now he makes it stronger. We have from him. So John is like, He's referring back to John 15. He's like, it's when, not, I'm not commanding no, you. No, <laughs> He's going back to John 15 where yeah. he stood there with Jesus and Jesus made this statement. And this is the commandment yes. I give to you, right? Mm-hmm. And he, in fact, Jesus said a new commandment I give to you. Okay. Yeah. And he says that the one who loves God should love his brother also. Love his brother. Yeah. And so I think for us, as we lay these litmus tests down and we say, okay, Mm -hmm. is this person of Christ? And is this person a follower of Christ? And is this person, okay, if they are, then my heart to them, I ought to love them as a brother or sister in Christ. And what does that mean for me? And how can I do that? And maybe that's my child right now that I'd like to choke. Maybe it's my Mm -hmm. husband that I'd like to divorce. Maybe it's, you know, maybe it's a parent right now that I am just totally frustrated with, Mm -hmm. you know, um, or a friend, you know, I don't know who it is right now in your life that you're struggling to love. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I bet you if you take for a moment, there's somebody that's popping up in your mind right now that Mm -hmm. I'm really struggling to love this person. And what we got to know is we struggle to love them in our human ability of love. Right. Yeah. We're trying to, we're actually trying to produce fruit outside of, produce fruit ex- externally instead yeah. of. And we can't outside the spirit of God yeah. working in us Mm-mm. and through us. So yeah. I think today, if you're struggling loving somebody, I think maybe it's a great place to go to God and say, on it, let's just get honest, Lord. Right now, I'd yeah. like to kill them. Right yeah. now, I'd like to never speak to him again. I'd love to never see him mm-hmm. again. Right now, this is my struggle with this person. Or right, maybe yeah. you have the opposite feeling. Lord, right now, my heart is so crushed and so broken by this person. Yeah. I want them in my life so badly, mm-hmm. and I can't seem to fix this situation. So, Lord, right. I need your love to fill mm-hmm. me. Yes. So that I and am to, completely to satisfied. Right. Yeah. And then exactly. I need you to squeeze your love out of me so that I can mm-hmm. pour that love out to other people, even these people that are right now uh, uh, in, uh, in, a, in a painful place in my life uh, or causing me grief, <laughs> you know? Um, and, and again, that's where, the, and that's where the fear comes in. And that's where the it's, and, and if we take ourselves out of the equation and say, let's replace what we think is love with what, with what God's love truly is and understand him more and more, then that's going to be, that's going to help us love others. And it's going to help us be, be complete. Like you said, I think that's one of the missing pieces that we always forget about be complete with his love, be satisfied um, with his love. And that's important. No, it really is. So, you know, as as we close out the podcast today and just so many truths to think about, and I would encourage you go back and just reread and reread John first John chapter four and think about this in your own practical because there's so many different points that may jump out to you uh, in your own personal and practical life. But here's the deal. Um, Today, uh, you can experience the love of God. You Mm -hmm. can, you can, you can test your relationships 
against mm-hmm. uh, against the uh, relationship that they have with God, whether they're true or false. Um, and and you can also really actually love people in a way yeah. that is beyond you. Um, if you allow God to do his love and work it through you, and then only comes from saturating yourself right. in who he is. So it is a win, 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 when we follow this pattern that, that he gives us in first John chapter four. Absolutely. And I love, like, like you said, I love this chapter. I love abiding in his truth and, um, and then allowing, allowing God to squeeze us to where his love comes out. Um, let's, let's, let's hope and pray that, that we're living that type of life today. Absolutely. Well, thanks for joining us on the podcast. It's been good. We'll pick up next week with 1 John chapter 5. So if you're just joining us, read ahead a little bit and uh, be excited as we'll talk about that next week. Thank you for listening to Rooted Deep. To learn more about Dare for More Ministries, go to dareformore.org and look up Mercy Workshop at mercyjewelry.org.